0: You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices.
1: Hey guys, Visa Gordon here. Of course, we are finally back at iHeart. I think I've been doing videos at home and doing videos at Converge lately, so it feels really, really good to be got. Be got? Um, feels good to be back right now. I have a special guest. She goes by Cameron Chanel, and I've been literally bugging her for a good minute to drop some damn music, and she finally did. So I am officially bringing her up on the screen and welcoming her to the studio. What's the word, man? You already know the big one, not the little one. (laughs) It's funny because you call yourself Big Cam, and I was like, wait a minute, but I'm taller than her. So we got to talk about that. But listen, this is the
2: thing. When I say big... I ain't talking height wise because I'm literally five foot, like literally. (laughs) But it's big energy, big 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 goals, big money, big,
1: you know, like everything big. Yeah, everything big. So it's always heavy on the big. So, okay, for those that may not know you, because you have dropped an album before, I want to say it was called Cold Summer. Yeah, And that was in like 2020. Mm -hmm. So since then, and actually even let's go further back before then, how did Cam get into doing music? Uh, So really, I've been doing music. I've been rapping since I was seven
2: years old. Uh, I started in elementary school and basically it was just on some like they thought I couldn't do it. So I did it. I used to have two male best friends back in the day and I did everything, played basketball, did everything. And when it got to like we was beatboxing on the table and everybody wanted to freestyle, it was like, nah, you're a girl. You can't do that. So I went home. I wrote a rap. And I came back and I just, everybody was just like mouth drop, And I just been rapping ever since. But I didn't start really taking it seriously until I got to high school, my freshman year of high school. Um, I got in tune with my producer, my big brother, T-Cal, Terry Calloway. And he had a program called Producer. And it was initially supposed to be a program that taught female youth and teens how to produce music. And I wanted to get into that. But then he heard me beatboxing. He was like, yo, can you rap? And so I rapped for him and we just kinda took off from there. I dropped my first mixtape. I dropped my first two mixtapes in high school, my freshman year and my sophomore year. Uh, I did my first music video in high school. And then ever since then, I just been kinda going crazy. Yeah.
1: So like, was there anyone in your family that was also doing music or was it like this program that you ended up being a part of that kind of sparked that for you?
2: So the thing about it is everyone in my family does music. Everyone on both sides. My dad's side and my mom's side. My mom's side, everyone plays instruments. I grew up in church. My family's super religious. So it was like going to church, singing in the choir. All of my uncles play guitar. All of my aunts sing. Uh, And then on my dad's side, my dad was super into jazz and he can, my dad's one of those people who can pick up any instrument and play it by ear. And I, and I caught on to that. I'm his only kid who has that same Niche as him. Oh,
1: what would you say is like your favorite instrument to play? Like, I can do clarinet. That's my favorite. But that's as far as I
2: go. (laughs) That's my favorite to play. I love playing the piano, but I was never classically trained in anything Mm. but clarinet. So, all through middle school and high school, I was in concert band and jazz band playing the clarinet. So, I was classically trained on clarinet. So, I think that's my best instrument to play. But my favorite instrument to hear is the saxophone for
1: sure. So, Speaking of like middle school and high school, where did you graduate?
2: I went to Garfield. I'm a bulldog. Okay. Yeah. Class is 14, baby. Were you there for the uh, 100 year? So, see, I thought we was going to be on black people time. So I ended up going late. And when I got there, everybody was gone. (laughs) You know, I mean, come on. It's Garfield. Like, I thought they was going to be on CP time and they wasn't. It was on time. Like, I drove by it. At the peak. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just spin back. I can't. I went to Renton and came back. It was over with. I said, you, oh. You went to Renton? Yeah. <laughs> you, you,
1: you at least could have parked. Went in there for a hot second. Man. Said, hey, how you doing? Hope you Listen. doing money fine. BRB.
2: Look, I didn't think it was, but I thought they was about to have a blast all day. I was seeing so many people talk about it for like a month straight. I'm like, oh, yeah, they about to be out kicking it. I ain't missing nothing. Oh my Them God. old folks' knees was bad. They had to go home. <laughs> Pawpaw's knees hurt. Why you gotta come <laughs> for their knees? Cause you okay. know, you know, them knees was hurting. They had they couldn't be doing all that standing and walking up them stairs, man. But yeah, I went in there and I uh I seen a couple people, but by the time I got there, it was it was done with. It was over. But then I ended up right after that, I ended up going to this Teen Summer Musical. So that was pretty nice.
1: OK, OK. So what is something that you typically get into when you're out here? You know, there's always people saying that there's nothing to do in Seattle. I be out here living my best life. I don't know about y'all. So what do you typically do out here to have fun? Um, so
2: as of recently, because I just moved back, um, I've been doing a lot of like bars, like bar scenes. DJ Yaddy's my sister's and I'm her DJ assistant right now. So we do a lot of like M bars and we do a lot of like, uh, honeys and things like that. Like the little in, in like hole in the wall places that people would never know our vibes, but they really be vibes with the good wings. Shout out to M bar. They got the good wings. wings. But yeah, like I just be doing, you know, I, I like to chill. I ain't really doing too much. And I just got into kind of like vlogging and stuff like that. So I really just been chilling since I got back home. Um, yeah, but other than that, you know, Seattle, you go to the water. That's That's been my big thing since I've been home, going going to the water. Because in Vegas, they don't have any water. You can't just go pull up on a water spot and just kick it. When so. did you go
1: to Vegas?
2: <laughs> when was that? <laughs> I moved to Vegas on New Year's Day. Uh, and then I ended up going to the military on January, uh, February 15th. So I was in the Army for four months, five months. What the hell? Yeah. I would have never known that. Yeah, I went to the Army. Like, did you just not post about it? I did I didn't but the thing about it is it was it was very um it was very random and sporadic and spontaneous for me just because I had got out of a relationship I just wanted a new scenery change the scenery that's why I ended up moving to Vegas and then uh like two weeks into me moving there something popped up on my screen just scrolling on Instagram And it was like Army. And I just went on there, and I didn't think anything of it. But the process happened so fast that next thing I know, I was getting shipped off to basic training. And once you're in basic training, you can't have your phone. So... Nobody, nobody knew that I had even went to the army except for like my mom, of course, and like my sister. But nobody knew that I went to the army until I literally was about to finish basic
1: training. Did you learn anything while you were there or is there, was there like any take home or was it just four months of your life? No, I definitely learned a lot. I think when I went to the military, I was
2: super, I was in a super vulnerable spot and I didn't really know how to deal with my emotions or control my emotions. I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned there was being able to control your emotions because there, you know, you're going to get yelled at by people all day. You, they don't care if you're having a bad day. They don't care if you're cramping. They don't care if you don't feel good. Like you better get down and do them pushups if they say you just really got to suck it up and just like push through it. Or even just like when you're doing exercising or if you're rucking, we have to ruck like a 10 mile. If you're rucking and your feet get tired, you have to keep going. So I think it just really made me become a lot more resilient and a lot more just like now I have a, a theory of like, your mind quits before your body does. So it's just like whenever I feel like I'm about to give up on something, I just make my mind push a little bit further. And then I get past that feeling of wanting to quit, and now I'm ready to tee up again. So I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from it for sure.
1: See, that's just... I think for me, when it comes to things like the Army and the military and all that good stuff, I think it's the... I think it's the you have to do this while yeah. I sit there and do it that irritates me. It's like if yeah. I work out with someone, I'm always that person to where I'm like, I need my trainer to do the pushups with me. But see, this is the thing. <laughs> so one thing that I
2: really loved about my drill sergeants in particular, and this isn't for anyone like all, all drill sergeants, but my drill sergeants in particular, if they made us get down and do something, they were doing it with us.
1: See, I can work yeah. with that. It's the ones where it's like drop down and give me 50. I'm like, you mean us? Like. Yeah. There's room for you, too. Nah, it used to it used to be
2: funny, though, because there used to be certain points where, like, we would, get, we would get smoked. That's what they call it. And it's like if we got in trouble or if anybody was doing anything, that's the only time that they wouldn't do workouts with us is if we were getting in trouble. And I remember one time there was, like, a thing in the Army where, like, if you don't, while you're in a certain phase, if you don't want to do it, they punish your entire platoon. Mm. And... My platoon was, we was so raw that like we knew when somebody was having an off day and we just took it, you know? So one day I was having an off day and my drill sergeant was telling me to get on the ground and I'm like, I'm not getting on the ground. And he's like, if you don't get on your ground, your whole platoon has to hit the hill. I was like, let them hit the hill. They hit the hill and they came back and it was good. Like it was, so it was just like, I feel like the army is definitely an experience. Everyone has a different experience. My experience was actually pretty lit. Like I feel like it was harder on my mind than it was on my body, but it was lit. And I also am very grateful because if I never went to the army, I probably would have never found out that I had MS. And mm. that was a big thing for me to go there and find that out. And now I can, you know, better take care of myself in a way that I probably wouldn't have been able to if I would have stayed at home. So how did you find out? Like, did they do, do they do testing on you when you so, get there? <laughs> so what happened is I, we were in the field and we were like low crawling in sand and I, For a minute, I went, like, I couldn't see. And I was like, maybe I just got sand in my eye. So I went to my Joe and I'm like, Joe I can't see. And he was like, what do you mean, Jones, you can't see? I'm like, I can't see. He was like, go flush your eye out. And I'm like, okay, so I go flush my eye out. I'm like, I still can't see. He was like, go flush it again. I was like, I still can't see. They took me to the hospital. They did a CT scan because I literally couldn't see anything on my left eye for five days. They took me to the hospital. They did a CT scan. My CT scan came back completely normal. But luckily... Because of the timing, I had to go to a civilian hospital. And if you're in the Army, you go to a civilian hospital while you're in basic training, you have to go get a follow-up at the military hospital. So I ended up having to go there on Monday. And they ran an MRI. An MS, you can't see on a CT scan. But you can find it on an MRI. So... When I went there, they did the MRI. My doctor automatically knew that I had it, but she didn't want to diagnose me with it because she's like, it could be a number of things that look like this, but we want to make sure because we don't want to diagnose you with this because it's it's disqualifying. You'll never be able to be in any branch of the military again. So they put me in something called med quarters. I was in there for two months. I couldn't be, I couldn't train. I couldn't do anything. I had to just sit there. Yeah, for two months. And I had to go to all these different doctor's appointments and get all this different testing done. Just for them to tell me that I had exactly what my doctor told me that I had the first day.
1: <sighs> yeah. Wow. I mean, did you feel like you got some rest while you were sitting there for too much? I two feel months?
2: like yes and no, because I'm a leader. So automatically they put me to work. Like, even though you can't do too much because you're in med quarters, like I was the bay boss. So that means I'm in charge of 30 females at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, the drill sergeants don't want nothing to do with you when you're at med quarters. They just relay. They just call out, Bay boss. I'm running back and forth. We still have to like do cleaning duties, take out the trash, do all that stuff. So it was like I got rest, but I didn't get rest. Mm. We still had to wake up at a certain time. There were still certain like hack times for what you could do when you could do it. So it was it was a little smoother than actually being in basic training, but I definitely would have preferred to stick with basic training yeah. than being in med quarters. It was boring. Like all we did was watch movies and color oh. and
1: it was boring. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I feel you because it'll be like a Sunday. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a lot to do today. I get to relax. And then you feel crazy. And then I feel crazy. Like, I need to do something. It's like three in the afternoon, and I'm sitting here on the couch with my feet up, and I'm just like, why do I feel like I should be doing something? To the bar we go? No. I usually just smoke, and I continue watching. You know, I get over it. See, but I don't smoke, so I'll be, going, I'll be like, I'm going to the bar. Like, Man, me and my little vape pen. Oh, see, now that... Yeah, like yeah. I don't. I'm not like a blunt girl or like a backwood kind of girl. I'm more of a vape pen yeah. weed kind of girl. Uh, I don't even really do hookah like that. I, I just
2: don't. I don't like the tobacco. I don't like it either. Ever since I started smoking like the puff bars, because now it just tastes like pure smoke to me. It doesn't What's like a puff? puff bar, like like a elf bar or like a puff bar. They used to have the rectangle ones. Now they got where's that? I got like two of them on me right now. Like these little things. Oh, yeah. and it's just like nicotine. It's literally like a mobile hookah, but it has more flavor. So now when I smoke regular hookah, regular hookah just tastes like smoke. and Interesting. i Interesting. Like yeah.
1: See, I'm really not even trying to do hookah. They just like came out with something talking about people need to be careful because you can get herpes through the straw of yeah. the hookah. Come on. And I'm like, so that just means that you guys are not cleaning yeah, correctly. Exactly like I can means. get anything. Like. For me, it wasn't even just the, I mean, that that was definitely alarming, yeah. but it was more so alarming to know that you're not taking the proper protocols to really mm-hmm. clean this. So it's like mm-hmm. I can get that and so many other things, pox. <laughs> like, which is still out here living his best point, life.
2: Look, I ain't even finna fool around. I ain't doing none of that. I be nervous when I go to the bar and I drink off their glasses like yeah. I would be real nervous.
1: A lot of people have been trying to figure out why I haven't been going out lately. And I'm like, well, aside from the fact that I'm just busy trying to mm-hmm. get my life together, uh, monkeypox, COVID, yeah. flu season, cold real. season. It's real. Like, yeah, it's a lot happening out here. Make sure y'all go get y'all flu vaccines.
2: It's about that time. And I'm not even a firm believer of vaccines. But what I will say is this. I never got a flu vaccine until maybe two years ago. And I never had the flu. I had the flu that one time. I was sick as a dog. But I haven't had the flu since. Interesting. I haven't had it since.
1: See, I've only had COVID once once. And I've never had COVID. I got it one time. It was only one time. And thankfully, it was like some months ago, which just means that I didn't have like the super crazy version of COVID that some yeah. people had. I was like, I don't want nothing to do with whatever y'all was dealing with in 2020 yeah, and can't 2019 breathe, because y'all, can't smell, y'all ain't nothing. three months later, they're still jacked up. And I'm yeah. just like, man, I was out for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. It just felt like a flu. It just felt like a crappy-ass yeah. food, yeah. Yeah, that shit sucks. Though. Just sweat you a little bit what? more. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate that. <laughs> it, was, it was like I that. Ain't. Changing my clothes. I was like, what?
2: Look, get in the shower, get hot, sweat in the shower. Like I had take cool showers, but then you're cold, and then you're warm,
1: and then you're hot. And then, it was just yeah, a lot. And you got the body ache.
2: so. Mm-mm. I ain't I am, I have never had COVID, and I am thankful, because
1: I don't have time for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it really will take you out for a little bit. Like, even though it's kind of like a cold flu, like, it's the fact that you really do have to sit down Mm -hmm. and it, like, Takes so much more of your energy away than like your typical flu does. So yeah. yeah. hey guys, Basic Gordon here on September eighteenth. We're all going to Cheney Stadium for the SummerSky Music Festival, featuring performances by Moneybag Yo, Glow Rella, Tori Lange, Polo G, and more. Grab your tickets right now at Ticketmaster.com and use code Converge for a discount. Now, question Did you see what happened with P and B Rock? I did. What did you think about that? Because, you know, there are people that are trying to blame the girlfriend and then the cops or the detectives have said that they like figured out where he was yeah. through that. But my whole thing was, well, obviously he's been getting followed for a minute. Yeah. So who's to say that they just weren't waiting for that opportunity? Like, I think that's what it
2: was. I think that definitely the girlfriend's post didn't make it any better because yeah. I'm a firm believer in don't post until you leave. But I also feel like, that's like a typical thing to do. I remember my first time going to California. Like we don't know if that was her first time going to Cali. Like we don't know if they, lived, they, live, they there. live there. I think they live there. They live in California. I remember my first time going to Rosco's. Roscoe's. I was so excited to post Roscoe's just because it's Roscoe's and the food yeah. was nasty as hell and I was pissed. But I still posted it. Like just because that's a thing to do when you're at Roscoe's. Like I don't I don't think it was it was like a, oh my God, like She's doing this to set him up. I think it was very bad judgment at the time. And I think she probably should have thought about that, Mm -hmm. especially dealing with who she deals with. But I don't think it was like a her like intentionally trying to, you know, get him unalived. But I think it's I think it's definitely something he had to be being watched or someone was kind of
1: just like following them. Like and it's not the first time that someone has like kind of ran up on him. He said they were like shopping somewhere and someone tried to run up on him. And they were able to get out of there in time. So like my whole thing is it's it seems like, like it's yeah, it's something it's something
2: that is is just happening. But I also I'm I'm a firm believer in conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And I seen something, I was like, listing all the artists from Empire that have died. I was talking to uh, and someone I think about that. That I don't know, I think they said Was sat, he on Empire? Yes, he was on Empire. Him, Draco the Ruler, uh who else? King Vaughn. Who else? Like, there's, there was like 11 people. Yeah. I don't take that lightly. I feel like they got some shit going on. Because <laughs> ain't no way all your artists just dying. And they're all dying the same way. They're all dying the same way. So I don't put it past them
1: no I honestly don't either and I was interviewing uh, my bro Mookie who's on uh, Empire also and I was like how do you feel about that I'm like you know there's this rumor saying that you joined Empire and you're you just you might be a gunner (laughs) and he was like I mean I feel like I'm cool I think he just has like a distribution deal with him so he's like look I'm good but it's definitely very ironic that so many of those artists end up being just a little you know And and it's like they're going the same way it's not like it's like a oh, if they they're a all getting ran up on, or
2: yeah, they're all getting ran up on. They're about to get robbed. They're about like something's happening. Like it's it's a little weird. It's very weird. It's A
1: little weird. It's very like, quinky dinky. It's very holly yeah. weird. It's um, very you know like like even with like Tiffany Haddish and Airy Spears. It's man. very holly weirdy. Now that <laughs> very Yo, holly weirdy. That, was, that that's sick. That's not Did you even see the video? Weird. No. I, I don't even the video. wanna watch it. It's 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 definitely soft child porn, if you will. And they're like, oh well, it was distasteful. It was more than distasteful. I seen the damn video. My thing is, when stuff like this happens, where are the parents? The parent wasn't there. She she the parents. So I'm parent just like y'all just drop off? your kid off
2: yeah. to these celebrities. That that that's the part that's weird to me. Because it's just like, especially with all this stuff going around, we have you know, Michael Jackson, that whole thing with him, R. Kelly, that whole thing with him. Like, we really don't know what happened with those people and mm-hmm. we can't speak. But it's just like in my mind, my first mind is where are the parents? Because yeah. me, I don't have no kids. But just even thinking of like my nieces or my nephews, I don't care if you're freaking Jesus himself. I'm not just dropping you off somewhere and not not like not filling out the vibe, not seeing what's going on. Like how you just drop your kid off somewhere and leave. Yeah. Just because they're celebrities.
1: People are weird, but that's when people automatically assume like, oh, I know this celebrity so well. They wouldn't do that. It's like, you don't don't know know these people people. like not even a little bit, not even. And the thing about it is people. There's so
2: many people that are in the industry that pay people to portray their image to be a certain way. They can be the coolest person in the book on the Internet, but they could be a real life creep Mm -hmm. in real life. And people don't think about that. And I think that is like the weirdest, creepiest thing ever. Like I be, I blame the people who are doing whatever they're doing for sure. But I definitely blame the parents because I just feel like as a parent, you're supposed to protect your child and then don't come out years later, months later, however long later and be like, oh, well this happened.
1: Like. I feel like the only ones that I actually feel bad for in this case is the kids. Like the girl that was 14, the boy that was only seven. I was like, I can't even imagine being 15 years old a video like that of me when I was seven going Surface, all across the like, freaking internet, like in this day and age, like crazy. you can't tell me that everyone at his high school has not seen that video. Right. And, and that's embarrassing. Tell totally embarrassing. And they dropped the photo of the mom. So that way, if you weren't sure who it was. Now, you know, <laughs> Like, yo, that's not even that's Somebody's not, like, auntie, is that you? Like, you know what I
2: mean? Like, like you know, that's me. Like, that's just. Mm mm. It just makes my... It, make, it does something to my spirit. And that's why I'm like, I, I don't think I'm ready to have kids yet because I'll be under the jail.
1: No, period. And I just... Honestly, I just don't really know if I want kids at all. Just, <laughs> You're trying a, to be the fly
2: auntie for life.
1: It's the responsibilities <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to be selfless yet. Like, even taking care of my plant is a lot, you know? <laughs> a whole kid that I got to feed and change and, and make and sure they go to school. And I just... You know, sometimes I only eat one time a day because that's <laughs> right. all I have time for. But now you gotta make time to make sure that they get three meals in and a couple snacks and how to And again, uh, I only have to water in my plant every four or five days, mm-hmm. and that's still a lot. You yeah. know, what I mean, yeah. I gotta look for dead leaves, like gotta clip some
2: stuff. Like, <laughs> imagine if a kid falls down and get a scratch. Now you gotta disinfect, put some
1: alcohol, put some peroxide, just, kiss it, make up. It, like, it's just a lot. Meanwhile, I just hand them back to their parents right now. You know, I just I don't exactly. want. The responsibility.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I just feel like I'm not ready to be selfless yet. Like yeah. I feel like when you become a parent you should be completely selfless and just do whatever and I don't think I'm there yet. Like, I'm on some fucker wee ball type shit. Like, Take me, I'm trying to I wanna be the, the, the one who's able to be like, Oh yep, you about to call me, about to go to the bar, Let, let's do it. I don't have to get no sitter, I don't gotta find like I'm not ready to be in that space yet.
1: I like to be able to just move when I want yeah. to. That's also why I don't have a dog yet. Or even Those like a are cat. just my like kids. Do yeah. not do it. No matter what, I gotta like find you a little babysitter, mm-hmm. some like, you know, I gotta find a dog spot that I know isn't gonna have fleas. Like yeah. it's just a whole tingling and yeah. I don't wanna yeah. deal with that.
2: It's a lot. It's definitely a lot.
0: Baseball is a beautiful game, especially when played in community. Earlier this summer, Baseball Beyond Borders took a powerful, eye-opening journey through the heart of the South, which included baseball, civil rights, and reconciliation. Our young kings hosted a baseball clinic at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and hit the road to Montgomery, Alabama, by way of the historic Edmund Pettus Bridge, to visit the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and Memorial, all in an effort to ground our kings in their history and find serenity in the sport they love to preserve the cultural legacy. Join Baseball Beyond Borders on September 27th for the premiere of our film, Reconciliation Tour, at T-Mobile Park's Alice Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line as well as special guests as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms.
1: So real quick, let's before we even before we get into your album um, question, what do you want to see Seattle or the PNW in general uh, music scene do together? I want
2: there to be more inclusivity. I think that there's a lot popping right now. There's a lot of different artists who are in different bags and different kind of like points in their career. And I remember when I first started rapping, there wasn't a lot of us. There was like a handful of us. It was like me, Morgan, Gab, Sam Lachow, and Royce Detroit. Like, it was like those people. It wasn't really a lot of us, but I feel like now there's so many different people that I just want to see people come together because I feel like one thing that the city lacks is just like unity. I feel like a lot of these people in Cali or Chicago or Detroit or, New York come together and they make their sound like they push their sound. Everyone might sound the same, but they push that sound and then they branch off and do their own thing. I feel like Seattle doesn't really have a sound. Everyone sounds a little different and I think that's cool, but I think we just need to kind of unify a little bit so that everyone can get their piece of the pie. Cause there, we always have like little pops, like, you know, like we have like Macklemore, we have Mosey, we have Travis, we have people like that, but there's not really an inner city sound going on and there's so much talent that I just feel like we should have been been.
1: but do you feel like we need like a uniform sound to do that because I feel like even in Atlanta or even like the bay you know I was talking to like Travis about this and you know like all these cities that are able to come together they all each artist still has their own unique little something. something but it's all under the same umbrella yeah and
2: I think we're just so like because the thing about that is Cali originally already has its own sound. Like, you know someone's from Cali just by the beat selection before you even hear them come on a beat. So they have that sound. Detroit, you can tell a Detroit beat. You can tell a New York beat. You can tell an Atlanta beat. Like, you can kind of just tell those from the music so then people can get on those beats and kind of go crazy however they want to. But with Washington, we're a melting pot. So we have a little bit of everything. Like, people tell me all the time, you don't sound like you're from Seattle. You don't sound like you're from Washington. You sound like you're from Detroit or Mm -hmm. you sound like you're from Atlanta. And that's not me, like... Copying their style that's just how I am and that's the type of music that I like so I think that it doesn't have to be uniform but it needs to be collective like it needs to be something that people can identify this is a
1: Seattle artist yeah just like they do with a Cali artist And I don't even know if that's ever going to happen I don't think it is just because I feel like the way that Seattle especially these days is set up it's so many people that aren't from here anymore yeah and with them not being from here or just some of our like my mom is from here but my dad's not from Mm -hmm. here so then you just have like a big mix of family it's not like you know when you go to Atlanta where it's like you have generations and generations and just like you have a couple generations here from but for the most part it's kind of like maybe two possibly
2: three generations in my family I'm first generation born here like all my family, my dad's from North Carolina, New York, my mom's from Iowa. My generation is the first generation that was born in Washington. So it's was just like we don't really have that that like that thing that sticks. And I think that's that's why I say it's a melting pot. People come from everywhere. There's a lot of people who grew up here from like four or five, but they're not really from here. So they're taking things from their parents and where their parents come from and where they spent their summers at and they're putting it into what they do. And there's not really anyone who has like a a genuine, like, yeah. born, but and then it's, and I'm not even gonna say anyone who doesn't have a genuine sound from Seattle because the people that do are the ones whose people be like, oh, no, they're just Is talking their about sound? the hood. Yeah, they're talking about the hood. And so then it only specifies to like, oh, this person's from the Central District, mm-hmm. oh this person's from the South End, oh this person's from the West, like, and it's not just like, all these places are in the same city.
1: Miles away. Yeah, <laughs> literally.
2: Just literally miles, miles away. away. Like, <laughs> it's not like, it's not even like Tacoma. It's not a 30 minute. It's like 10 minutes yeah. to these places, you know, so it but it breaks down like that. So I think in order for us to win, like we need to just find a way to like, even if it's not like putting everybody on the same type of wave, like put, put a couple of different people from a, the same city, from different areas on the same song and just push it. That would
1: be super lit. I think that'll be lit. I, d- I definitely agree with that. Whether it's like a, a mixtape or something that, like and we used to like do those a lot. Yeah, but back in the day, I feel like what ended up happening is over the years, a lot of the artists that were like super popping and mm-hmm. and uh, some of them became barbers. Let's keep it a thou wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> some of them, am I lying? Yo. Some of them became not- bar- <laughs> bar- <laughs> I, the, 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 Some of them became barbers. Some of them moved out of state. Yeah. Some of them are selling houses now. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, I did something different. I feel like there was a big lapse where yeah. it was like you had this group. And then all of a sudden they, I don't know if they fizzled out, if they fizzled themselves out. I don't really know this what is happened. This what I think it is. And I can
2: speak for myself because I had a, a certain point in my career where I was at my peak, like 2017 to like 2020. It was like the peak of my career. Like this is before... People were dropping stuff super heavy on like the on the platforms. It was all SoundCloud based. Mm -hmm. I had like every song that I dropped on SoundCloud, 100,000 in like a week. Easy. But I think what happens is like, you know how like, NBA Youngboy
1: Lil Durk they post so much music it's hard to keep up with their catalog dude NBA like, Youngboy I think he dropped 86 songs this year so like, far
2: it's ridiculous oh my- or, even, or even like Chris Brown I used to wait for Chris Brown albums to drop but now all his albums are like 20 songs 26 songs it's like a lot of music to take in at once so I think what happens is people get to their peak and get excited and start dropping like crazy but it'd be hard for people to like take it all in. So then they kind of linger off and trickle off until that one song everybody's talking about pops up again. They're like, okay, boom. But it's not listening to the whole catalog like people used to. I remember I used to drop a project and everyone would listen to the entire project. Now people will kind of, you know, tap in, listen to one, two songs, pick their favorite ones and be like, okay, I'm going to keep playing these, you know? So I think it's just a different, it's a different time than yeah. it was like people used to anticipate people dropping off soundcloud people don't anticipate the drop they don't
1: music. if anything yeah. it's like oh i heard your song on tiktok yeah literally <laughs> literally there's so many songs that go viral on tiktok now all of a sudden people are rolling loud and they're like how did they get there and i'm like TikTok. if the song is trending on tiktok tiktok now collect connects to the streams mm-hmm. and if i'm trying to figure out a dance or a lip and thing, i keep watching this same yeah. video over and over again now this song that's 30 second
2: that's a 30 second clip has a billion streams. Yep, off of a thirty second clip. Yep, and I know for me, I'm one of those people too. Like I'll hear, you know how on like TikTok they do like the sped up version of songs. Mm-hmm. It'll be like redone or something. Yeah, I'll Google the word. I'll be like, Look, I know the song, and yeah. then I'm gonna go listen to the song and add it to the playlist because I'm like, yeah, that's hard. You yep. know, like TikTok is really like the mastermind of social media right now.
1: No period. And you know, there's even that song, and we were talking about like R. Kelly earlier mm-hmm. being like convicted of like the child pornography. <laughs> i did not know that was him i never knew that song until tiktok until tiktok and then somebody was like shoot i I think it was it might have been on tiktok and someone was like everyone's saying all this stuff about r kelly yeah he's trending on tiktok Mm -hmm. i was like how did i not know yep that was r kelly how did that (laughs) slip by me and it's such a like it's going a good song and it's going crazy on tiktok It's going crazy.
2: Lord, Lord, Lord.
1: All right. Well, speaking of going crazy, uh, your latest album, Heart of the City, dropped earlier this month or last month. It did. It dropped on the fifth. Okay. So like about a week or so ago. Tell us a little bit about this product project. You know, why did it take so long (laughs) and what was the process behind getting it done? So here's my thing. And this is why
2: music always takes me so long to drop, because I am definitely the definition of a sitter. I will sit on music for so long, Lord, only because I listen to it. I'm like, ooh, this is a banger. I get in the car after I go to the studio. I play it 30,000 times and then I'll be over it. And so when I'm putting together a project, I be like, and eh, do I want to put this song in there? Eh, I already heard like it gets old to me. And someone had to tell me, like, just because it's old to you, it's still brand new to everybody else. Yeah, we haven't heard it yet. So a lot of the songs that are on this project, there's nine songs. There was supposed to be 10. I ended up taking one off. But the out of nine songs that are on this project, five of them were done for over a year. Oh, wow. I only recorded four songs new when I came back from the military. Oh, wow. And After I did that, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to... I'm not going to wait. So I got the cover art done, and I put it on the stream. And then it got... It was supposed to drop on September... It was supposed to drop on October... No, August the 5th. It was supposed to drop on the 5th of August. But because I have a sample Mm -hmm. of Avance Read Your Mind in there, they flagged it, and they made me go through, like, a review process and I had to wait. And so that kind of, like, slowed down my process. And so, yeah, but... I'm I'm one of those people I sit on music. I have like 30,000 songs in my email right now that I could have been dropped
1: and just I just sitting. never do. Mind me their business. Yeah, I never drop them.
2: I don't know why though. It's like if I get an urge to drop, I'll be like, yeah, I just want to drop some and I'll just go in there and just, you know, but a lot of times I just be tired of them. So do we Do we have any singles picked out yet? Um, so Heart of the City is definitely a single. Read Your Mind is definitely a single. And then I'm trying to choose between Prayers and Pain Music. Everyone thinks Pain Music. I don't know what everyone's obsession is with that song, but everyone loves Pain Music. So I think it's going to be Pain Music. But Prayers is my favorite off the whole project. I and that was supposed both. to be the intro, but I changed it.
1: I say do both because, you know, like it's, like we were just saying, sometimes you'll take something, you'll put that on TikTok and then all of a sudden TikTok will find that one lyric. Yep. And then all of a sudden they remix the song yep. or something crazy. Like just so many things happen when you just put music on TikTok. I remember when Doja Cat, her song Street started going viral. Mm. I saw it dropped in like 2019 yeah. and didn't go viral until 2021. Man. And we literally had to play it on the radio. Yeah. She had to do a music video for it. She had to start crazy. performing it because and it's old. It's Old Wow. But yeah. I'd never even heard it until TikTok. That's crazy. And then everyone was doing the TikTok challenge. Yeah. And everyone was like, what song is this? When did she drop this? And then you look and you're like, what? This is on the Pink album? Are you yeah. kidding me?
2: Yeah. What the but hell? But that's how I felt when she did Say So. Because I didn't really listen to Say So. Yeah. And then they dropped it on TikTok with the Say Yes beat to Say So. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Wait, and so then I started listening to Say So, and I was like, Yeah, this song's old as hell. And I did not know the song. TikTok's TikTok ago, But I think one of the th- reasons why I like prayers a lot is because in prayers, when I initially listened to the beat, it reminded me of Hers Damage. Mm-hmm. So I was in the studio and I was recording the song. And at the end, I started singing, careful what you take for granny. And my engineer left it in and I didn't know that he left it in until he played me the entire song back. Uh And so I'm singing that snippet of damage in the end of prayers and i think just because that's a song that everyone knows and it's super popular that is going to be one of those things that like people connect to super heavily
1: well that's that happens so much like i think that's why a lot of artists do use like familiar songs Mm -hmm. whether it's a new familiar song that went viral or like something from the 90s yeah like it has that feel good like well i already know part of the song so i already like it a little bit yeah like i want to sing it now yeah so
2: and then it's like at the end and it just makes you want to start this I feel like it just makes you want to start the song over like all the way over
1: I'm good for putting something on repeat man
2: I have to <laughs> I have to every time and, but that's how I was with damage I caught on the damage super late and when I heard it I just kept blooping it yeah it's the point where people be in the car with me like can you please pick Chase another song? song and I'm like
1: nah like we gotta play this again run See, that this back is why I take Ubers they just put things on the, on the radio and I don't gotta worry about no one doing
3: too much <laughs> I don't worry about all that Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Vesa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear.
1: So, tell me this. You called your album uh, Heart of the City. What does it mean to be the Heart of the City to you? The Heart of the City means I'm the blueprint. Uh,
2: I personally feel like a lot of people who are in the game now, either they learned from me by watching, or they learned from me by experience. I gave a lot, a lot of game out early. and You gotta think, a lot of these people who are rapping now are older than me. I'm only 26, but I've been doing it for so long and not even as far as just like lyricism and artistry, but business, you know, I put a lot of people onto game about how to perform, how to do shows. I literally went through an artist training at 14 to where I learned how to hold my mic. I know how to stand on stage. I know that I need to get a sound check before I go on stage. I need to have this. Like I went through a transitional period and I put a lot of people onto that. So I think I'm the heart of the city because a lot of a lot of these people, they I, I put my touch on them in some mm-hmm. type of way. Like a lot of people's first singles that went crazy was with me mm. because I blessed it, and it's just like it's no shade. I feel like everybody in the city is is dope right now, but I definitely feel like when we talk in Seattle rappers, Seattle artists in general, you gotta mention me. I'm the heart of the city, and for a long time I was the baby, so I was the underdog, and I just always up the ante. and it's just like i've been i've been doing it ever since and just like you can't mention seattle music without mentioning camera chanel like oh, that's
1: right make sure you add me to every list yes period, <laughs> period. So, every list okay now that this album is out what is next so right
2: now i am definitely going to start working on a new project in the fall and if you listen to heart the city you'll notice that i'm doing a little bit more singing in the project and i'm trying to i'm trying to go transition from like street rapper super rah rah super loud to Mm -hmm. like more calm suave more commercial marketable so i'm working on that right now um and i'll be starting to record that project in the spring i'm not going to wait as long to drop another project Um, definitely going to get some visuals out read your mind's going to be the first visual that i do um we're going to do that and then i really just want to start doing like promo like all up and down the coast. I'm going to go to New York. I got some, some connects out there. um, Yeah. And we just about to go crazy. Like I just, I don't really like to plan too much because I am a sacral authority type of person. So it's like whatever my gut tells me to do, that's what I do. And mm-hmm. it may seem super spontaneous and, and just like, you know, whatever to everybody else. But to me, it always works Yeah. when I just go with my first mind and I just move. Like I'm the type of person black, like, bet. I'm gonna just book a flight to Atlanta tomorrow and then walk into somewhere and meet somebody like yep. that's just how my life works so i don't do a lot of planning i try to be intentional though so my intention is to definitely get out visuals start this next project and just push this project i feel like i suck at promo i hate doing promo you should I hire somebody then yeah i know <laughs> i need to i need to go on like fiber or something because i really hate doing promos because
1: but, i feel like when it comes to doing promo if you can hire someone yeah. have someone else do it for you that way you can just work on being creative because yeah. The promo has to get done. Yeah, it has to. It's it's a fact. But
2: I think the thing is the transition with me from being an artist who didn't have to do any promo. I would literally be like, okay, like my status. Yeah. And if I get a thousand likes, I'll drop a song, and then I'll drop the song. I'll get a thousand likes in like ten minutes. Drop the song, and it gets a hundred thousand plays. Like mm-hmm. I used to. I'm used to being that artist. So now we're, we're in a time of you have to really pro- promote and it's not the people who are in your face. Like, you know, back in the day, it's on Facebook. It's people that you know. Yeah. Now it's Instagram. People from all over the world who aren't always going to check my page and see what I'm doing. So now I have to go crazy with the promo because I need to put it in your face yeah. so that you like, I need to be on the TikTok ads. You know, those ads that be like, you've been on TikTok for too long. You're still scrolling. Those yeah. crack me yeah. up
1: because they, they be and getting me
2: at 3.30 in the morning. I'll be like, you right. Let me put this you phone right. down. But now I need to be there. So <laughs> That's that's my goal for the rest of 2022, is to just do heavy, crazy promo, podcasts, just do everything to just kind of push forth the process. Do you have I any mean, shows coming up? Kind of, not really. I be denying shows. Okay, let me just put this out there for the people, since this is public. Listen. Camera Looking Chanel. Camera right there. Which, which camera? This camera? That one. This one, camera? Camera Chanel does not do free shows. I'm not... The one who needs the clout. I need the bag. So if you want to book me, the email's in my bio.
1: And that's on period.
2: And that's just that on that. My price yeah. is the price. And yesterday's
1: price is not today's price. And it never should be. Period.
2: <laughs> but no, nah, I love doing shows. That's one of my favorite parts of performing, uh, of being an artist is performing. I love it. And if you've ever seen me perform, you know I go crazy. But... I had to get out of the personal mindset of just I wanna perform so I'm gonna just do anything mm-hmm. versus I'm um, I, I need this to be professionally done. I need the I need it to be executed because especially now in the city, there's been a lot of all these shows, they've been getting shot up. I'm not risking my life for nothing. I'm sorry. I'm just not.
1: Not, especially not no chump change. Come on. You'll be
2: like, or, oh, or, you want to come to XYZ? Or well, a venue that don't even got a stage, and I'm sitting on the floor with the rest of the people that paid $20 to get in. Like, I'm not doing that. In this big old crowd of people. I'm not doing that. I've been there, done that. I, I was doing that at 14. I'm good. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. So it's just like, you got to get your bag right. And people get frustrated with me because they say I'm difficult, but I'm, I don't really think I'm difficult. I'm very specific. That's what I am. I'm very specific. I think
1: that this city has an issue with not knowing how to be specific up front. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or having all their ducks in a row. yeah. Like, they'll hit you up knowing good and well that everything is still mad, loosey-goosey. They don't know what their budget is. They don't really know anything. They don't have a date, a venue. Like, they don't have a lot of information. And then when I'm like, go hit my agent. It'd be crickets. Yeah, and then they (laughs) want to make it seem like you're a bitch. But
2: it's like, nah. I just went through something. Somebody tried to book me. This is the second time trying to book me for the same event, same venue. First time it didn't work. Unprofessional. And I told them, I'm like, hey, you know, just... Let me know when it's put together. We could do it. Still just trying to be, you know, this time I'm like, okay, boom. So this is what I need. Here's my fee. Here's my deposit. My DJ needs to be able to DJ. We need a section. And I need to perform at this time at the peak of the crowd. And I need a flyer seven days in advance for promo. Mm -hmm. I think that's very direct and straightforward. Yeah. They were just like, okay, bet. Didn't get a deposit. Didn't get a flyer until yesterday. And then they still wanted me to perform and told me I was being unprofessional because I told them I wasn't going to do it. Nah, I'm not being unprofessional.
1: We had an agreement. Like, in. I don't even have time to get my people here. Come on. It's like four days. And it's no shade, but there, there's enough artists out here that do performances. The only people that come out are mm-hmm. their family members. Yep. And sorry, but it's like, I would rather have some time for, you know, if people want to come from out of town, they can right. do that. They if can, people want to drive down, come on. they can do like, that. I
2: need, I need. And the thing about it is with me people know what they're going to receive. Mm -hmm. You know when I perform is going to be packed out. You know all the baddies is going to be in there. You know all the rich niggas is going to be in there. You know it's about to be a movie just because of who I am, not only who I am, but who my DJ is. Every event that we do is packed. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know what you're benefiting from me being there. What am I benefiting from me being there? Where is my
1: benefit besides me sweating in this hot ass
2: club? Come on, I'm not doing that. And they could call it what they want to. What I say in that freestyle, I said if the city don't show me love, they flying O.K. himself, and
1: that's a fact. Yeah, we ain't yeah. doing that. People, people definitely be hitting me up. Hey, so you want to host this event? Where is it at? Nope. Nope. I don't care how much security I got. I'm not going, you're not keeping me in certain venues for um, a certain amount of I'm time. I'm telling you. And I'm not going to put no venues on blast. it be an in and out. <laughs> but, I already know. And, you, and that's crazy
2: because the venue that you're talking about right now, is the, <laughs> the same venue that I was trying to, come like, on. Mm. that's an in and out type of situation. Like you can't, you can't, come on. You got to come
1: better than that, Man. especially with this venue. Yeah, you got to come crazy. Yeah, no, and I'll be out there in my heels. Like, where am I running to? There's no worry to even duck in here. Like, I'm good, y'all. Bruh,
2: like, you, you might be on the stairs. But like, it's just a lot going on. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, last question. One misconception of Kim. I think one misconception is that I'm confused. I know sometimes people see me and I dress like I'm a real nigga, and sometimes they see me not just like a bad bitch, but I'm not confused. I'm just a bad bitch in boys clothes and that's just what it is. And you might see me looking like her and you might see me looking like that guy one day. You never know. Just stay tuned. Find out on the next episode
1: of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I am totally here for it. Uh, look, you guys, make sure you guys check out Cameron Chanel's new project. It is called heart of the city. Um, you can grab that, of course, on all streaming platforms um, until next time. You guys already know where you can find me on social media at base Gordon. And of course I want to thank Cam, for coming in here and actually getting here before I did because my butt's always late, y'all. Look, you was on tried. my ass. I have to make an appearance. You already
2: know, man. Toey, we tapped in like a motherfucker, man. You already know Heart of the City out now on all streaming platforms, man. Thank you so much, base. I appreciate y'all. Y'all man. make sure y'all go get that. And we ain't doing nothing that for one. free. Oh, make sure y'all go get that. We ain't doing nothing for free, man.
1: Tui <laughs> Period. Talk to y'all soon. And of course, keep that energy high.